What's up and welcome back to the TCP Podcast. This is Tyler Clark with TC Performance and I appreciate you guys for tuning back in as usual. Real quick, do me a big favor, just leave a five-star rating, leave a review, share this thing with somebody else who may not know about it. You guys know the drill there, so I appreciate you for doing that. Also, Happy New Year to everybody that's listening to this the same week of New Year's Eve. Um, Real quick, I wanted to just take a quick second to just reflect on the last year um i think it's still been a little under a year that this podcast has been officially a thing um but nonetheless 2022 is over and kind of looking back reflecting on where the podcast started where it's at now and just how it's grown how i've grown how you know the, the people that i've had on this show the topics and the growth and everything it's been tremendous you know what i mean i whenever i first started this podcast there's no way that i thought that i would have guys like coleman Ayers, tyler leclerc on twice now uh, i mean bobby white mike g yorick josh finn max schmarzo you know there's there's a lot of people on this podcast now that i i would not have thought that i would be able to get on um and i i say that very humbly because i don't think that it's necessarily because um, they're picking me, you know, handpicking me to be on this podcast because it's my podcast, Tyler Clark. Not necessarily it's because I'm the one reaching out to them and they're graciously, you know, providing me an opportunity to get them on this podcast and talk to them. And I'm super, super grateful that I'm able to talk to these individuals. I'm able to get these individuals on the show. And again, it's just incredible to look back on now. Guys like Drew Hanlon, Again, Mike G, Joel Smith, Lee Taft. These are these are extremely, extremely big names in the industries that they're in. Like Drew Hanlon is one of the best in the player development space in general. Joel Smith is one of the best in the sports performance realm. Lee Taft, one of the GOATs. These people are, they're not just regular people. These are incredible individuals, professionals that have impacted a lot of people, a lot of players and I, I'm so grateful that I got them on the show. So I just, I want to take a second to just recognize that, recognize the growth of this podcast and myself and all those things. But also I want to recognize the people listening. Um, you know, this show wouldn't be what it is if there weren't listeners to listen, right? So all the people that are leaving some sort of rating or feedback or sharing with other people, that stuff goes a long way. And I appreciate you guys for new listeners I really am grateful to have you guys for the old listeners and consistent listeners. Very, very grateful for you guys for for constantly listening and being with me a part of this journey. So it really means a lot. Um, And I'm excited to continue to grow this thing. I'm not slowing down anytime soon. Um, Yeah, so that's just a little bit of reflection with the new year coming to a close. And with that being said, obviously, I hope that you guys had a safe uh, new year, but also prepared for the next year. 2023 is going to be a great year. Hopefully for everybody, they have some things, you know, goals and whatnot. I think it's a little cliche to have uh, New Year's resolutions. Obviously, if that's what you need uh, to set some goals into place, go ahead. But at the same time, you don't, you shouldn't need a New Year resolution to then put things into place. But hopefully, if that is somebody, if you are somebody that needs a little extra push to get some goals going, then by all means, take New Year's resolutions very seriously and take that as an opportunity to manifest and put out some goals into the world. So here's to me wishing you guys a very, very successful 2023. 
Thank you so much for your support and your continued support. And I promise to you guys, I will continue to provide a very, very good resource for you and a great listen in general. So thank you so much for listening and supporting. Just a quick reflection. Appreciate you guys for uh, staying with me the whole whole intro this time, a little bit longer than usual. But this episode, just solo, um, I want to talk about confidence. If you guys follow me on Instagram, I put out a couple of things, uh, basically building confidence as a hooper. And I wanted to take an opportunity to use this platform to kind of digress and talk about it a little bit more, a little bit more in depth. So basically what I talked about in the Instagram videos, if you guys didn't see it, was basically addressing first that a lot of times when you talk to basketball trainers or coaches, how do you build confidence? Like I'm not a very confident basketball player. What do I need to do? Can you show me? Can you help me become a more confident basketball player? A lot of the times what they'll say is just trust the work. You just have to put more reps up, get in the gym more or something along the line there. And while I don't necessarily disagree outwardly with that statement and the idea behind that, yes, whenever you put in more work, you're going to be more obviously confident in your skills and your ability as a basketball player. So that should translate into your confidence levels. I don't fully agree with it as well. And the reason why I say that is because we're not just one dimensional as human beings. We're a lot more, at least I hope that you realize you're a lot more than just the sport that you play, right? We're, we're, we're a lot, there's a lot more depth to us as people, as beings in this world. We're, we're not just basketball. We're not just soccer. We're not just football or whatever you do. That's, that's just something that you do. It's not who you are. That's something that I emphasize in the video a lot. And, you know, not everybody has the luxury of being very secure in who they are. So if you're secure in who you are, you don't really have any other issues going on in your life. And everything, all, all your buckets are filled from a life standpoint. You're happy, you're healthy, relationships are good. All, all these things are good. Then yes, just getting reps up, being really good at the sport is going to help you become more confident in the sport. Agreed. Yes. But again, not everybody has that luxury. So if you're somebody that's doesn't have a great living situation, if this is a middle school athlete or a high school athlete, and they just don't have a great environment at home is just a little stressful. Things are kind of crazy. Maybe you're moving house to house. Maybe your mom or your dad or your parents in general are being evicted. Maybe they struggle with alcohol and drug abuse. You know, there's so many things that goes into life in general that we can't just focus on, oh, we need to get better at basketball. No. And something I wanted to touch on as well is a lot of this stuff stems, if you're a college basketball player, pro basketball player, whatever, and you struggle with confidence, which whatever, you can argue and say maybe at that level, you're not going to struggle with it because that's what got you to that level. That's fine. So if this is a high school level athlete, whatever level you're at, it usually stems from how you were raised and how you were nurtured when you were young in your early childhood development, right? And that starts with your parents. That starts who with who was around you when you were young. And then that also starts with things like your teachers and other people of influence within your life at that point. Whenever you get into middle school, you're probably going to start playing some structured basketball. So coaches have a pretty big impact. Your teachers have a big impact. Things like, are you going to allow these players, these these people, these little human beings to be creative, to have their own free-flowing thought? Or are you going to box them in and then that's going to trickle down into the rest of their life? If they're at home, do their parents just let them be creative and do not do whatever they want in that sense? Obviously, they need to parent them. Don't get crazy now but are you going to allow them to kind of have fun to be creative 
and just be them, right? Or, or are you going to have this super, super structured lifestyle at home so they feel like they can't do anything because they don't want to do anything right or, I mean, do anything wrong? Like those kind of things trickle down into the rest of their lives. So if they're not confident because they're boxed in at home or they're boxed in in class because their teacher doesn't allow them to be a little creative or their coach at the rec level or middle school level or even whatever, like flag football, for example, or soccer, whatever it is, if their coach boxes them in and just doesn't allow them to have fun, be themselves, be creative, these very important things that we need, especially that age when we're so creative, we need to let that out. We need we need an outlet to just have fun, to be creative to be ourselves, to build ourselves as people. If we don't, if we get that stripped away from coaches, athletes, parents, one of the three or two of the three or all three of them, if everybody is just stripping you of your creative outlet and not allowing you to just be yourself, that's, that's going to have a very, very negative effect. So it all starts at that, right? And it's obviously if that kind of stuff is done at an early age, whenever you get an athlete in high school, it's all right, well, what do I do at this point? Like, how, like, how do I even begin to build this level, the, this, this player's confidence? Now, there's obviously a lot of things that we can do. Uh, it's, that's a very in-depth conversation that I probably won't be able to do service in this podcast alone. But I just wanted to touch on that real quick because it's not just the reps that you put in on the court. Like, you have to think back all the way or at least be conscious of like, okay, well, what is their home life like? Like what, like what did your coaches tell you whenever you were a youth athlete, middle school athlete, high school athlete, right? Like what kind of student were you? How did your teachers treat you? These are things that you need to think about. You need to recognize because all these people with pretty massive influence over these athletes lives are going to impact their thing, the things like their mental health, things like their confidence. And that's going to, again, trickle into their play and into their performance on the court. It's going to absolutely 100% going to. So what I kind of want to do now with that being said is I want to provide you, if you're a player, um, some things that I mentioned in the Instagram post that I put out that I think will be able to help you a little bit. Um, And then as a coach, how do you help a player build confidence? In my opinion, some things that I'm, I think about whenever I put together workouts, whenever I deal with a player that lacks confidence and things like that. So First part that I want to talk about is for players. Second part is more more geared towards coaches. So if you want to skip for probably five minutes, that'll be more geared towards coaches. So for the players listening, what I put out on Instagram was basically three ways that I think that you can increase your confidence aside from just getting reps up, right? So it's basically helping build you as a human being first because, again, that's where it all starts, in my opinion. That's where it should start. Um, so the first thing is essentially you have to stop identifying with basketball or with the sport that you're playing, because whenever you do that, you're identifying with everything that comes with that sport. So not just the successes, but also the failures, right? And you shouldn't necessarily identify with either or I, as much as that sounds crazy, I don't want you identifying with the success that you have from basketball, because again, you don't equate to the success that you have in basketball, right? nor do you equate to the negativity and the losses that you have in basketball. You should just be playing basketball. Like, yes, obviously you can have a great time. You can celebrate the wins and you can mourn the losses. But at the same time, just understand that that shouldn't affect you as a human being, right? Like in the moment, 
be sad because you just lost a game winner, uh, super tough game, or be super excited because you hit the game winner and won a huge game. I'm not saying to not do that. What I'm saying is to understand that in that moment, it's okay to celebrate or to mourn or whatever you need to do in that situation. But after that, understand that that is not a reflection of who you are. It's just something that you do. So if you want a state championship, right, like great accomplishment in high school, cool, super happy for you. I'm not trying to take away the severity and everything that comes with that. Like that's a great accomplishment to win a a state title, to win a national championship at whatever level it is, a phenomenal accomplishment. But understand that a year down the line, two years down the line, three years down the line, if you're still running off that high and saying like, yo, like I'm a state champ, bro. Like you got to treat me like one. That's not how the world works. Right. So don't identify with things like the successes, but also definitely don't identify with the losses. Right. If you lose a game, because I've been a victim of this myself in high or at all levels, really, that there's been times where I've lost a game where maybe I didn't play well or maybe I didn't play at all. The coach didn't put me in. And because of that, I didn't go hang out with my friends later that night or I didn't, you know, it trickled into the next day. I was still upset. And then the rest of the week was upset. That can't happen. That cannot happen to you as a person or as a player, because if you're so worried about what happened on a Wednesday night game because you didn't play well or you didn't play at all and it's affecting you that same exact Saturday, there's an issue there. You're identifying with the sport itself and you're identifying with the mistakes too much. You're letting it affect you way too much as a person. That's what I mean by don't identify with the game that you're playing because you're just going to get so attached to the highs and lows. You should just play basketball. Enjoy it for what it is and that's that, right? Like put in all the work that you want. You like... If that is, especially if you're being paid or if you're working to getting paid to play basketball or if you just love the game of basketball, fine. Like, love it. Love everything about it to its fullest degree. Train as hard as you can. Play as hard as you can. Cheer as hard as you can. Cry as hard as you can in the moment that you lose, right? Celebrate as hard as you can in the moment that you win. But after that, move on. The next thing, right? Like, don't identify with anything to that degree, and that's kind of my point about identifying with it. Just dissociate yourself from the sport itself and understand that you can separate yourself from the sport and also just being a person. Understand that super, super important as a player. Now, the second thing that I mentioned in the post is essentially, I just want you guys to build yourselves as humans and figure out other things that you like, right? Try something new and have some hobbies. For example, for me, I love anime. I'm a big anime guy. So whenever I'm not learning about training or training myself or training other athletes watching film working out like if i'm not doing something basketball or training related i'm probably watching anime right where i like going on walks with my dog where i like hiking or i like you know doing other things that don't revolve basketball or training so as a player i i really advise you to do something that has nothing to do with basketball at all like go skateboard go travel go do do something that has nothing to do with basketball. Build yourself as a human being. And what I the reason why I like this one so much too is one, I think that whenever you do different things, do new things, it, it obviously builds you as a person, but it also gives you different perspective, right? So then whenever you come back into basketball, again, if you don't identify with the game of basketball and you have hobbies that you also like, there's also this sense of pressure relief, right? From from just playing basketball. Like if you have other things that you like, if you don't identify with the game of basketball, now you can just play, 
you're not focused on like, damn, like if I miss this shot, I'm not going to do this or I'm getting taken out. Like it's not as big of a deal because you're like it, it, doing different things, traveling, meeting new people, learning new cultures, whatever it is, something other than basketball, it gives you different perspectives. So you understand like shit. Okay. It, if I miss this shot, like it's really not the end of the world. That new perspective can be so, so important for you guys. And again, the reason why I like it is because the hobbies, the new things that you're trying build you as a person because ultimately, and obviously none of us want to think about it like this, but the ball is going to stop bouncing at some point. And I'm not saying that like personally, I was a basketball player my entire life. Now I'm a trainer. Like you guys can get into coaching. You guys can get into training. So you can still be involved with basketball, but you're not going to be playing basketball the entire time, like your, your entire life. So whenever that time comes, you're either going to face a rude awakening and see basically basketball is the only thing that you've ever done in your life and you don't have anything else to do. You can't connect with other people because you've never branched out. You never tried new things. Or you can take the route of having hobbies, trying new things, doing all this different stuff that isn't basketball related. And whenever that time comes, you're you're already prepared, right? You're it's It's an easy break because one, now you're not attached to the game of basketball. So it's not as dramatic or traumatic, I should say, of a break. So you're not having this weird identity crisis because basketball isn't in your life. And two, it's just a lot more fun. Like you're not beating yourself up because you're not getting a workout in or you're not training enough or you're not doing this or that. You're just able to enjoy your life after basketball. And that's the beauty of it. And plus, it just, again, it builds you as a human being. You can connect with more people. And ultimately set yourself up for things after basketball. And I know I'm talking about the future. And ultimately, this is supposed to be helping you gain confidence in the actual basketball game, which, again, I think that that helps you because you get more perspective. You bring that back into the basketball game. And ultimately, it takes less or it takes more pressure off of you during the game because you have a different perspective and you're not so worried about playing the game of basketball, about making a shot or missing a shot. And I've talked about this with uh, Carrie, who was on a little while ago, and some other people that might not have mentioned it on the podcast, but Carrie and I talked about this. Basically, me not being a player now, I'm way better than I was at the college level or at the high school level or whenever I was playing competitively because, and I think a little bit of this at least, is due to the fact that I have this massive pressure taken off of me. Right, I have a different perspective. I can just play the game of basketball. Whenever I was playing competitively, I was so worried about what my coaches thought, what my teammates thought, what people in the stands thought. Right, like maybe not always consciously, but at least subconsciously, I was, I was, I was scared to fail. Right, and that was partly because all I did was train, all I did was work out. Basketball was my identity, and I think that now that I'm dissociated and detached from playing basketball competitively. Now I'm a trainer, I'm a coach. I think that just playing basketball is so much more effortless for myself because it's not at the forefront of my mind, if that makes sense. So there's so much less pressure on me to be good, to make a shot, because I don't don't care if I miss the shot. I'm just playing to have fun. And again, this goes back to you can obviously celebrate the wins and more than the losses, but understand that if you miss a shot, it's not the end of the world. And I think whenever you whenever you have that mindset, you actually play way better because you're a lot more confident just shooting in general. And the more you shoot, the more you're going to make shots. Like A lot more goes into that, but that's kind of my two cents about hobbies and trying new things. And then lastly for my players is build a really, really good support system around you, 
right? No matter what you're going through, if it's something really, really good, they're going to be there to celebrate with you. And if it's something really, really bad just in life or if you're having a terrible, terrible drought in basketball, you're playing really bad, whatever it is, like they're going to be there for you. And then you should have people in your circle as well where it's like, all right, you're not playing very well, but at the same time, like you're not doing the things that you need to to get out of this slump. So they're going to hold you accountable, right? So putting the pe- putting the right people around you is extremely, extremely important because they're going to know how to push you. They're going to know how, when to be there for you. And they're, they're just going to be your support system, your your rocks throughout your journey, throughout your process of being player, person, whatever. Like these people are going to be there for you no matter what. So select the right people to be around you at all times. And I think that that'll help you a lot with your confidence, especially whenever you're not so confident. And again, so those are those are three things that I think that are super essential. Those need to be taken care of first. And then I think that the reps and just putting in the work for the actual sport of basketball, like getting really, really good at the sport of basketball will then help, right? And you might already be really, really good at the sport of basketball, but you're identifying with the game. You're not trying enough new things. So you're associating every single miss with your identity and different things like this you don't have a good support system around you so you might be really good but you don't have a couple of those things that i mentioned and maybe that helps you be way more confident on the court and your skill can then show itself right or it might be you can't even focus on getting good at the game of basketball because those things aren't being met so whatever the case may be i think that those three things are pretty important and if those three things are met those buckets are filled then i think get up as many reps as you want focus on as many small set of games at all the constraints, get better at the sport, right? Get really, really good at the sport because ultimately, yes, if you're already as secure in you, who you are, you're confident in general, then yes, obviously like no one can deny getting really good at the sport. It's going to help you be even more confident on the court. So I'm not trying to take that away. I just feel like that's a very cookie cutter answer and not a lot of coaches and trainers go into actually what it takes to build confidence and all these things. So I want to go on that for the players. Now for the coaches, I want to touch on this a little bit. Again, I'm not going to go too crazy. Um, if you guys have more questions, please, please, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I've talked about this a lot with some really high level guys, um, trainers out there. So I feel like I have a decent understanding of this now. I'm still learning, obviously, every single day. Every single time I, I have a session, I'm learning my players more, learning how to be better for them. But essentially, if you're a coach and you have players, a player that is struggling with confidence, you can tell um, through their play, through their mannerisms, whatever, you're just reading your players, right? You should be constantly reading your players and understanding what makes them tick. Are they confident? Are you, do, you, do they feel secure in the environment that you've created? All those things, right? So... If that is the case and you do have a player that's not so confident and not because of you, but just in general, these are some things that I need you to at least take into account whenever you create sessions, whenever you have this person in a session, right? So, and I've talked about this with a couple of people on the podcast, but let's say that they're just not confident shooting the ball and maybe that stems from being scared to miss, right? Just fear of missing. And that either stems from coaches yelling at you, pulling you out whenever you miss, or maybe that's just a basically a deep subconscious understanding that you're you might miss the shot right you're, you're just not confident in your ability um maybe that's the case I, I i don't know obviously it's different for every single player but let's say that it's just they're a little bit scared of missing because of a coach in the past so 
creating the the right drills essentially to help this player understand that it's okay to shoot no matter what and take the thought process out of it right so create a drill a super easy one is have a player on the block have a player on the wing and then have a player on the corner player on the block is a defender they pass it to either corner or wing whichever player they pass it to it can either shoot it or pass it so you're putting them in a situation where they're going to have to shoot the ball no matter what right they're they're not going to have a teammate or a coach that is upset with them for taking that shot they just have to shoot it without any sort of second thought so taking that thought process out of thinking damn like well if i miss it i'm going to take it i'm going to get taken out i'm doing something wrong my teammates are upset Right, you're taking that thought process out of the equation whatsoever, um, and I think that that helps. That 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 helps a lot. And if you continue to do that and add, you know, maybe it's a one on two, maybe it's a two on one, two on two, three on three, whatever it is. Maybe even put a constraint where it's like, all right, Troy, whatever his name is, Troy. Anytime you get past the ball, I need you to shoot. Right, like you say that in front of every single person. That is his constraint. He needs to catch and shoot every single time. He can't do anything else. To so just get him in the mindset of, hey, all right. I have to shoot the ball. Literally, I have no other choice but to shoot the ball. And then ideally, whenever he gets into a more structured setting, whether it's team practice, pickup, whatever it is, an actual game, he then like it then translates and he just shoots without second guessing, right? And he's then at that point gotten the reps up. The only thing that's different is his mentality. He's not second guessing. So that's huge. Now, the second part is a little bit more broad picture is are your players psychologically safe within the environment that you've created, right? So that's a huge, huge concept that needs to be understood by every single trainer is the environment that you create, your athletes need to feel safe and secure in. So that starts with you. That starts with how you talk to them. That starts with how you give them feedback, how you address them, right? Literally everything, the people that you surround them with in group settings, right understanding them as an athlete if it is a group setting how do you give them feedback in front of six other people versus how you give them feedback in a one-on-one setting right can they take being ringed out in front of six other people or is it somebody that you need to take aside and be like yo listen you're not doing what you need to do blah 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 like ring them out in the corner away from everybody right or like i said can they handle that kind of feedback in front of everybody understanding that understanding how to get the most out of their your players, how to hold them accountable, all these really important things is going to then add up and they're going to feel psychologically safe, right? Do you empower them whenever they make the right decisions, not just whenever they do something good, right? Like they can make the right decision, but then miss a shot or miss a layup. So do you reward the decision that they made or are you going to penalize the mistake that they made in missing the shot, right? That can make or break a player in your session, whether they want to keep training with you or not over time and time and time. It's like, if you're, if you're, if the goal of the drill is to make the right read, whether it's a pass or maybe it's a hezzy and then finish a layup. If you, if, if you see them make the hezzy or make the right pass or make the right move or make the right read that you're, that you're wanting within that drill reward it, right? doesn't matter the end result. If they missed the layup, who cares if they did the right move, if they made the right read reward the read right and acknowledge the read i don't care about the missed layup i don't care about that shot that'll come i'm worried about the read i'm worried about how you perceive that and then acted right so things like that just making sure your your players feel acknowledged making sure that they feel comfortable 
comfortable and psychologically safe in the environment that you're providing? Do they feel safe with you one-on-one? Do they feel safe with you in a group setting? All these things are very, very important with the athletes that you're working with. So those two things I think are pretty important. Um, Again, the environment that you create, they feel psychologically safe. And then depending on, obviously, after you understand the player, kind of what makes them tick, who they are as people, why they might not be confident, the certain things, like if they're not confident dribbling the basketball, obviously help them improve that skill. But also going back to what the players need to do, figure out are there other things going on outside of basketball, outside of the sport that maybe they need to address and maybe you can help them with that. It might just be a conversation that might go a long way. It might be as far as finding them like real help. It, it just depends on the situation, right? So it goes back to all that. Um, but my main point with that is if if it's shooting the ball, they're not confident shooting the ball, or if it's finishing, obviously help them, but then specifically create drills where all they can do is do that, right? So if it is that kind of sub subconscious, they're not confident because if they miss, it's a f- fear of failure, then take that thought process out of the equation because all they can do is make that layup, make that shot, shoot a shot, whatever it is. Make sure that's how you're setting up the drills so there's no second thought and that's all that they can do. But that is all that I want to talk about today. Confidence, 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 mental health in general uh, with athletes, super important topic. And a goal of mine is to get on some, some sports psychologists Talk about things like confidence. Talk about things like sports psychology in general. Talk about you know motivation. These important things that not all the time is talked about. And just a little little bit into my thought process about some of this stuff today. I really hope that you guys took something away from it. Again, this is more so my opinion. Again, I've talked to a lot of people about this kind of stuff. I've done my own research on this kind of stuff. So it's not just opinion-based obviously there's some research behind it discussion behind it uh, trial and error as far as the stuff that i provided for examples and tools for you as coaches and players i've tried it myself i've done it with my players and all this stuff so nonetheless i hope that this does help you in some way whether you're a player coach trainer and with that being said i appreciate you guys so much for listening make sure to tune in next week i should have a guest on if not You are stuck with me again, and I will have another great topic on for you guys. Either way, there will be a show next week. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Peace.